Do you want to know more about the funniest book I've read in quite a long time? Well, stay with me, people, as I am reviewing Sweet Thursday by John Steinbeck. Welcome, everyone, to a Mere Mortals book review. I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Why did I read this book? Well, his name has popped up a lot of times in, I don't know, just different areas. And so I've had on my list to read The Grapes of Wrath and Of Mice and Men for a long time. Um, But I grabbed this one first, one, because it was a little bit shorter and could give me a feel of the author's style before committing to like a 500-page book or whatever. So this book was published in 1954 and it's a fictional story set in Cannery Row, Monterey, California. It's a a very humorous set set of characters who um, I guess like the main plot is to help out the doc. And so the doc is a, a fictional character, but it's based on a real person. And he is in a listless depression. And so all these other characters are just trying to break him out of it, essentially. Um, there is a, a strong, I guess, collection of characters. So there are prostitutes who are learning how to um, have good manners and use knives and forks and like the 13 different types of forks. This is a fork for ducks. This is a fork for soups, whatever. Um, there are There's like a sneaky Mexican who's who's just very, um, is a natural lawbreaker. There's kind-hearted buffoons. There's a skint millionaire. Like this book has just all these very, very unique characters, which I really loved. Um, Contradictions abound. There are just contradictions in all of them. So um, the book revolves around these people trying to help out the doc and get him out of this depression. So the themes of the book, well, relationships, I think, is uh, improbable and they shouldn't work, but they do. So this motley crew are linked by, I guess, temperament and a care for each other where it's it's really funny because you would say, you know, what does this prostitute have to do with, you know, this sneaky Mexican guy? What does he have to do with these buffoons down the road? And I think it's more in each of the characters, there's a care, there's a almost like a want to help other people, which binds them all together rather than the circumstances they're in or their uniqueness to one another or their skin color or whatever that is. It's more their temperament. So um, I've, I've noticed this in my own life, I think, which is like my favorite people are all to certain degrees much different than me. There's there's not many people that I would say who are like, you know, white, engineer, male, my age range. And then I look at them, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get along, uh, along great with them. No, like it's it's just been the most random people who pop up and it's usually based on, a sort of like contradiction in their character or there's an energy about them or there's something funny and different, which I really, um, yeah, to certain degrees, they're unlike myself. And um, I'm, I, there was, I was reading something recently about, you know, people talking about anonymity on the internet and this actually being able to let us make more friends with people around the world because we can, you know, have friends in these deeper relationships based on these, um, you know, certain characteristics of our person and we're not just reliant on the personal presence this did get me thinking like is that true or is is having that personal presence essential as well uh i think it it is um but also you know i'm way willing to be proven wrong with that um yeah it's an interesting thought to to go down the second theme i would say is manipulation so it's the control or influence in a skillful manner uh skillful being the the operative word right there there are so many harebrained schemes that pay off in this book of of characters, you know, setting up the dock by 
um, getting him to go out with this prostitute girl of um, rigging a, a house auction to so that the doc can get it so that he can rent it back to these people who don't want to pay rent. Um, there's like a, a broken arm, which is what brings the whole sort of uh, story to a finale of, of, of caring and wonder. And it's like, man, this is... This is so ridiculous, um, and and all the characters are trying to manipulate Doc. The the Doc, they're trying to help him, um, even though he doesn't particularly want their help. He knows something's wrong, but he doesn't want their help, and he doesn't know how to get himself out of it. Uh, unfortunately, I think real life is is more messier than uh, than what is shown in the book, and sometimes quite unforgiving as well. So even when the characters in the book did stuff up at the big party and Doc didn't, you know, receive the girl with open arms, Susie. Uh, it's it's still like, oh, it'll all be okay. We'll do it all. Whereas I think in real life, this this doesn't really happen that much. Manipulating people really doesn't work that well. And I mean, I'm speaking a little bit from personal experience here, which is every time I've tried to help someone who didn't want my help and who, uh, you know, couldn't see the blindingly obvious thing right in front of them, they just need to do this and then it's all going to work out. Uh, it's it's never it's never actually worked out that way, and it it really got me thinking. You know what what's actually done more harm to the world? Um, people trying to help and it failing, and you know creating situations, bad bad you know breakups and relationships and all this sort of thing, creating animosity between friends, or you know just letting someone take the pain of going down a bad path because they need to go down that bad path to realize they shouldn't go down it. You know that sort of thing. So. You know, I, I, I'm not sure, but I would not be surprised if people trying to help in a non-skillful manner is, and even in a skillful manner, you know, if, if, you, if I found out that one of my best friends had been secretly manipulating me for years to do this certain thing that he wanted me to do, uh, I, would, I would not be happy about that, not be happy about that at all. So, yeah. Um, my observations from the book, uh, I'm definitely drawn to paradox. Some of the characters like Joseph and Mary, who is is such a natural-born cheater that, he, that when he meets a real honest person, he thinks it's a ruse because it's like a new way of cheating to be so honest. Uh, there's the, the responsibility of, of Hazel, who <laughs> he, he's a buffoon. He's one of the stupidest people out, but he gets a prophecy saying he's going to be president of the United States so he has to, you know, reach up, rise to the level of this responsibility. And it's, it's just so funny seeing all these different people who have these weird ways of thinking and moving in the world, which is just so, so funny. I, I loved it. Um, the other one is critics are so dumb. So I'm going to give two pieces of uh, advice here or uh, my observations maybe. And one is I always read the introduction from the from the author or from the editor uh, afterwards because I feel it taints my own reading of the novel somehow. Like I want to draw my own opinions. And um, the second is that critics of books who take a a non-serious book seriously are just so far off, like it's so out of place. Uh, the editor in this case was talking about how when he released this book, a lot of the critics were saying, you know, diving deep into it and and looking and saying, oh, well, this isn't this is a downward step for Steinbeck. You know, this book is a useless piece of weight, and it's like it's a fun book. You just got to read it in a fun way. Don't try and you know suck the joy out of everything. So that's that's what I sort of took from this as well, which is that critics uh, 
the, the weird people when you get stuck into that world and you take everything seriously it's it's so stupid so so stupid so in summary uh, it's a fun zany tale of kind-hearted uh, but foolish oddballs everyone in the book is a very strange person had me laughing throughout at just the general mayhem and the situations they caused um, the only downside i'd say is that I, I wish the book was a bit longer, especially in the middle part. The middle section of the book is just bang on. I was really, really enjoying that. So an extra 50 pages maybe in, in the middle, I would have really enjoyed. And uh, the ending was a bit meh, but I don't really have suggestions on, on how it could have been improved. All I know was the ending, I sort of came away. I was like, oh, I was yeah, a bit of a letdown. Like I would have expected or really enjoyed like a real climactic weird thing to happen rather than than what actually did happen in the book. So uh, overall, though, I'm giving the book a very, very solid 7 out of 10 for John Steinbeck's Sweet Thursday. Uh, it's sort of a little bit like Kratz Cradle, uh, Cat's Cradle, to be honest, uh, in the way that I read it as well. Like I've read one of the non-famous books first, really enjoyed that. So I'm going to really see how The Grapes of Wrath and some of his, of his other works compare. So that'll be interesting. What's something pragmatic I'm going to take from this? Well, life is too short not to read funny books. I have been reading a lot of serious ones recently and just reading this made me go, yeah, man, I should read more funny books just just for, you know, my own personal benefit. Maybe this isn't for, you know, teaching me about the world. I'm not gaining huge philosophical insights, but... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to read, remember this book more than some others, which are super serious and super, super whatnot. So that's it for today. What are your thoughts on John Steinbeck, John Steinbeck, Sweet Thursday? If you've read it, I would love to know your thoughts. And other than that, I hope you have a really, really good day. Karen out.